the Reset Rebel podcast with me, Joe Yule. And for today's episode, I do not have a guest, disclaimer, um, but those wonderful, delicious sounds you were just listening to were of Holly Roxanne. She's been on the podcast before, and the reason um, we started with that incredible song, The River Ran Red, which we just literally, actually just jumped off an Instagram live before I started recording this introduction to the podcast discovered how that song came to be and it came after a psychedelic session that she'd been on with a group of women and one of the women in the circle suddenly realized that her moon cycle had been playing havoc um, with her general state of well-being and she suddenly expressed a desire and spoke up that she wished to smother herself in red paint Uh, and just as she did so the heavens opened and the red paint started to trickle and trail down her body and provided this incredible moment in nature where this woman received and experienced the expression of a desire that I think was quite unexpected. But obviously, sometimes when we think about something that we'd like to do or something we'd like to be or an experience that we'd like to have, we don't feel like we can maybe tell anyone what that thing is um, in the fear that we might be judged or perhaps perceived to be a little bit strange. Um, So I thought it was a really beautiful story and a way to begin today's Reset Rebel podcast episode. I'm sorry I've been a bit MIA in the last month. I have, I would say, been going through my own little journey of feeling like I'm extremely overwhelmed with my workload, but also feeling like I have a few podcasts now and I'm like perhaps people are just really tired of listening to what it is that I have to say. So I'm going to take this opportunity to walk my walk and join you today for a little not soliloquy um, episode but an episode that is just giving you a bit of insight into where I'm at personally and I think that I'm running the Women's Voice Activation Retreat again this year, specifically because I have been experiencing my own little journey, really, with just feeling a little bit shut down and not able to quite fully express myself in certain ways. I did something very brave at the beginning of the year. I got up on stage in front of 400 people. I've spoken about this before at the TEDx conference, but it was a real moment for me to understand what it means to walk through the fire and do the thing that terrifies you most. And I really think that that moment does something pretty special and electric within the body. And it kind of carves out this, I say muscular makeup and cognitive recognition that creates also cognitive dissonance which is something I've been reading about recently where we hear ourselves we experience ourselves being brave and listening back to the thing that we've put ourselves through to get to this point I think and and journeying through fear and I cannot really begin to describe what that actually does when you've done 
um, the thing that you said you were going to do that really, really terrified you because that is always the thing that is going to have the biggest power of transformation. And that was precisely my experience after what I did at the beginning of the year. Obviously, I've sat in a booth, um, in a studio, in a broom cupboard by myself for what feels like hundreds of years. It's probably only been 20. (laughs) But I think, you know, when you sit alone and you broadcast to hundreds and thousands of or millions of people, even when I had my own um, news reading job on um, Virgin Radio back in the day, I mean, that was my first ever big gig. And the idea that millions of people could possibly be listening to me just used to make me physically shake and my knees wobble to jelly on the walk through the newsroom to the studio with everybody listening over the loudspeaker of the radio station and one small fluff and the walk of shame back to my desk was horrendous Um, not to mention the hairdryer retreatment I'd probably received from my editor so I've been there you know I've done that thing I've put myself out there it has been painfully horribly terrifying at times but when you do it something changes within and one of the things that we do do on the women's voice activation retreat that's happening again in two weeks from now is give you a little task to craft your own little spoken word piece or poem or last year it was a letter that women wrote to their voices and I'm going to play some of those now because those are the letters that people worked on for less than 24 hours and then very bravely got up on stage and performed them in front of a very large live audience. And to this day, my mouth was literally on the floor at that moment where these women got up there and sat on a stool with hundreds of expectant faces looking up at them. And they took the spotlight and they absolutely killed it, nailed it, smashed it, whatever you want to call it. I was disgustingly proud. And so I'm going to play a couple of those to you Uh, of the ones that I've got permission to include in this podcast, just so that you can hear the kinds of things that these women had to attack and try to overcome. Dear Voice, I have been looking for you. Where did you go? Once upon a time when I was a little girl, dear Voice, I knew you so well. You were there for me all the time, comfortable and easy. You were so honest, so pure. You made so many things happen for me. Then something happened. You changed. You became louder, like you felt not heard. At the same time, I manifested a lot with you, my voice. You and I We did not like injustice. Things needed to be said. There. Then I lost you, my voice. Completely. But now, I found you again. Very much like the little girl I was. Sweet. Honest. Soft. And pure. I've been looking for you. Where did you go? You used to always be there for me, 
and even though sometimes you used to get me into trouble or into situations that I didn't really want, I knew I could always rely on you to be there and to be true. Maybe when I was younger, I didn't care so much what you sounded like or what anyone else thought of what I said. I was more carefree, more confident and didn't think about the consequences of the words, about how what was spoken and how powerful words can be. I know I've used you in the past and said some things that I'd like to take back. So please come back to me and be clear, confident and authentic and help me make things right to speak my truth. Dear voice, I've been looking for you. Where did you go? Did you feel not needed? Did you feel unimportant? Did you feel compared way too often to stay? Have you been waiting for me to call you? Have you resented me? How can I make it up for you? I don't feel sorry as I know all has its reasons and timing, but I'm grateful for the times together and for your sweet comebacks. Let me be your vessel and the carrier. Please use me however you find needed because I know where you come from and I surrender. Enough of judgment, expectation, need to be something special. I know you come from nothingness and me too. Let the nothingness experience itself through us. Set it free, let it be, unforced, uncontrolled, flow of whole. Okay, so I'm not going to name the names of the women that allowed me very kindly um, to play those letters to their voices um, and include them on the podcast. So thank you. You know who you are, ladies. Brave, brave, brave women. And the next lady that has also given me permission to... Um, give her centre stage and include her in this retreat is Ayala Bentevim. She is also one half of one of my absolute all-time favourite bands, Faithless. Um, sadly and respectfully, Maxi Jazz is no longer with us. Devastating. So to have her on board, um, I think just to give us some of the storytelling behind the band and her journey as a woman in an all-man band. Um, she was completely coming up against some serious stuff in the in the early 90s, I would say, when Faithless really started to, to grow and become enormous. And I think that, you know, as a single mum and a woman in the music industry, she's also had her own battles to face. So we had a little chat on one of my podcasts last summer. I met her at Pikes in bed um where I actually also recently interviewed another of my favorite bands DOP at the weekend um more about that soon but going back to this brilliant conversation we had I really connected in a way that I hadn't really done on many episodes for a very long time about a particular subject that's very dear to my heart and that is you know this patriarchal battle that women are up against and you can you know deny it, ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist. But, you know, we've all come up against something in our lifetime that has made us have to shout a little bit louder and be heard and make sure that we are seen. 
And I think that this is a conversation that I really wanted to give a larger audience. And she's going to be joining me um, on the Women's Voice Activation Retreat over two days. So you get personal one-to-one time with Ayala. She's very, very generously coming to give her time and donating it to us. Then on the second night, you will also um, get to come up on stage and perform your piece in front of a live audience. That's kind of the gauntlet that we laid down at the beginning. So I'm just going to play you a little bit of that conversation just to re-inspire you. Um, And then I think we'll probably finish with some of the performances of the people that got up randomly out of the audience (laughs) on the night itself. And it was just so incredible to see people who had absolutely no idea what they were doing they just got up with random bits of poetry and spoken word pieces and they just were brave and again I just think the bravery and that ability to overcome one's innermost dialogue about the fact that you maybe hate the sound of your own voice you're going to make a fool of yourself what's everyone going to say this moment will be remembered in time forever the fact that judgment is just there and expectation and terror and all of the terrible, wonderful, awful moments that, you know, will be um, etched in one's memory banks forevermore. I mean, just the most ridiculous rubbish I've ever heard. And I think that, you know, minute to minute, moment to moment, our memory banks are pretty full and, you know, are always buffering and kind of restoring those images and those moments and they're just quite empty at the end of the day I don't know about you maybe that's just me in my 40s but (laughs) I don't feel like I can remember half of the things that I should be able to remember these days so I just think the point of the matter is is you just got to sometimes put yourself out there and go for it and if this resonates in any shape way or form I would love you to join us on the 14th and 15th of October and we will be at the La Luna Gallery in Siesta which I think is just the most magical name for a little village, isn't it? Um, Everybody wants a siesta when they're in Spain. Um, Many of us can never have the time to take one or just can't. I just can't really sleep in the day. Very upsetting. But we will be in sleepy, sleepy siesta in this gorgeous art gallery together as women. There will be a sound and song and activation morning in a cave that we will hike to a secret spot and gather um, in those walls um, in that very mysterious and magical spot that I'm not going to tell you where that is we're going to walk there and um, Holly Roxanne will be waiting there for us to give us that incredible session that you heard singing at the beginning of the episode and then we will have um, some voice improv and activation workshops with actress Alexandra Gray or Alex Gray she likes to be known um, and also Olivia Kajetsky, who is just incredible as well. She's a voice coach and an actress also um, and encourages women to kind of get on camera and be seen um, for roles that they might wish to cultivate on television or presenting roles. Uh, we also have Kim Booth doing a beautiful sound healing. And of course, we have Sister Bliss and myself also coaching as well and giving some tips on interviewing and scripting and writing and presenting and just falling in love with the sound of your own voice. So without further ado, I'm going to be quiet and allow um, Sister Bliss to take over the, the reins for a moment. And then we're going to finish with some of those performances at the end. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Sister Bliss from Faithless here in Ibiza at Pikes, the legendary Pikes. Could you just tell me first off, like, how you reset? I reset by having a good sleep. I mean, I have to say, sleep is just so important, especially in the life of a travelling musician, DJ type. I never quite get enough of it. Wrote a song about it. 
didn't do too badly. But yeah, for me, health, mental state, everything is improved by having a decent night's sleep. It really is. I know that sounds very boring, but it's true. It's a huge part of trying to stay well. What are the biggest challenges you faced in the music industry or maybe over the years of particularly DJing as well? I mean, there is a lot of challenges. Um, you know, we're stuck in a patriarchal system. We're all trying to smash it in our various little ways. Um, and it, is, it did slightly blow my mind when Emma told me how much she loved Faithless and that she writes every show, every evening she listens to Faithless. I was like, wow, okay. I mean, she's <laughs> properly bright, intellectually able, questioning, you know, really articulate woman. So that was, a, you know, very nice to have that kind of love and respect from, from someone in the public eye. Um, not that that detracts from anyone who's just a completely ordinary person that loves our music, you know, wouldn't be here without the people actually listening and being a fan of our music wherever they come from but I mean for me a lot of challenges are invisible it's not something most people see can be do with to do with equal pay can be to do with I'm a single mum you know the juggling of childcare, all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that makes my life very different from your average male DJ or musician how that works in the structure of my life and the kind of shows and work that I can accept and the things that block me from progressing. Um, maybe being taken seriously because my band is also, well, at the core of it is myself, Maxie and Rollo for, for the last, you know, 30 odd years and they're both men. <laughs> and obviously sometimes men have a louder voice in the industry. Maybe if it was me on my own, I wouldn't be taken as seriously. You know, I mean, they're all very small gripes and my life is a very gilded one compared to most, but there is absolutely a gender pay gap and a lot of invisible prejudice that you don't see music business is very male and most echelons of it there's a lot more visibility now there's a lot more debate which is really important about women in the music industry whether they're behind the scenes and the managerial roles higher up the record company tree you know or booking the festivals and you know quality of lineup and inclusivity it's really good that these things are being brought to the table because there is there is a scene that was basically black and gay and it's been co-opted by the white world and a lot of people have been shut out and it's that's not right, you know, it's not appropriate. When I first heard house music, you know, properly was in a gay club in London and I was travelling in New York and, like, going to these seminal clubs that I'd read about and being pretty much the only women in there, you know, it was such a marginalised scene, people just don't realise and then the way it exploded in Europe was very different to what happened in America for example but there were seeds of division in that and the, the thing about dance music is it is about inclusivity and bringing people together all shades of the rainbow under one roof dancing under one roof it is a place where people do come to leave the problems of everyday life behind it sounds like a cliche but it's real it's tangible we've written about it in our music we've you know this is my church this is where I heal my hurts people carry a lot of pain in their lives and there's something about the electronic music scene certainly in the early days that was a safe space for people so i'm glad that those conversations are being had now because if you don't have a conversation you don't acknowledge things exist you just you can't change them mm. you know and i love that there are more and more and more female djs around and you know just a sense of there being a discourse around it that it isn't just what went before 
that we can change things and that's better for everybody. And the people that inspired me were the female DJs. It gave me an idea that I could do it. I was so nuts about house music and collected records. When I saw a female DJ putting two things together, I went, oh, that could be me. Mm. And sometimes people need to see themselves to acknowledge that it's even possible. So we wrote a song many years ago called Muhammad Ali on our third album. And it came from a conversation that Maxie and I had about him growing up in South London in the 1950s. It was a very racist time. And that he was actually very shy and um, kind of down on himself. And he wouldn't look people in the eye when he walked along the street because he'd get racist abuse. And after he saw Muhammad Ali on the TV, the first time he was on the television in the UK... He had this moment of recognition that this handsome, beautiful, bright, you know, charismatic man was a black guy, absolutely owning it. Mm. And he had this deep moment of, of connection. And suddenly he said, it was the first time I walked down the street after seeing Muhammad Ali on the telly. And I stuck my shoulders back and I puffed my chest up and I became proud of myself. Mm. And he just hadn't been. There'd been no positive reinforcement, no role models you know, or they were in a very limited sphere. So it was such a profound conversation. I was like, you've got to put that in a lyric. Dear voice, I've been looking for you. Where have you gone? Did you leave me again? When was the last time we were together? Sometimes I feel you the most when I orgasm. Other times, it's when I cry. I notice you get shy and lose your strength. When my mother or father asks questions, I notice you tremble and hide. It's when I speak without a filter. When I say no and stop pleasing, you feel strong and confident. My voice, I want, you to, I want to grow with you. Please always stay alert every day. I need you to help guide and share what's in my heart and gut. Don't listen to the mind. That's another vehicle to drive. If we sing together, I know we are happy and in line. I feel my voice shy away when I'm around someone louder. Is it because my mother and father were screamers? So the link, if you do want to join us uh, at the Voice Activation Retreat, is in our episode show notes so pop down there have a little look at what's in store and if you wish to join us there's a very special discount code for anybody who's listening to the podcast if you get in touch and write me an email i'll put my email in the episode show notes as well then we can connect and hopefully get you to our women's voice activation retreat see you next time Every day.